will somebody give that hand clap to the Lord and clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to the God with a voice of triumph. Come on, if you're happy to be in church on a Wednesday night, you ought to make some Holy Ghost noise. Woo! Hey! Some of y'all clapping like you cute, but you ain't as cute as you think you are. You ought to just go ahead and give God praise now. Hey! You ought to go ahead and shout now. Dance now. Give him praise now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. As you make your way back to your seats, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10. While you're turning there, I want to say what an honor it is to be back at 238 Conference you wonderful saints of God, the young people of the West Coast. And I love young people. And I am honored to stand before you tonight and give honor tonight uh, the pastor of this local assembly, Pastor Bradford, who has become a very, very dear friend to me, he and his wife and his children who are, I, best way I know how to put it is they're just like family. And I honor them tonight. And I'm so thankful for my wife and children that are with me. I'm going to get all the thank yous and love yous out of the way tonight. And we're just going, from here on out, we're just going to have church. And so uh, I love them very much and so honored that they're with me. This is a treat for me. And they get to be with me. And so I'm so thankful that they are here. And uh, we ought to give this local church a hand clap for putting this meeting on. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, a lot of work goes into this. Thank God for the good saints of Greater Bakersfield First Pentecostal Church. Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, And God called the dry land the earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seeds. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. And he said, Whose seed is in itself. Upon the earth, and it was so, and the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And as Moses is writing, he takes special mention to say it twice. says, God created the fruit tree, yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed, say that with me, whose seed is in itself. Man, I want to preach to you tonight with your help and the help of the Lord, inside out. Look at somebody and tell them, inside out. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. You're so good to us. We don't deserve your goodness, but we're thankful for it. We're asking you, Lord, right now to let the power of the Holy Ghost move through this house. God, from the front to the back and side to side, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy every yoke. Let there be power and demonstration. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to have your way in this house tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Magnify his name and exalt him. Woo. Come on, let's praise him together with a loud voice right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. And God saw that it was good. This 
is a redundant statement throughout the book of Genesis as God is creating. God makes something and then looks at his creation and applauds himself with the words, it is good. Moses writes as he describes what the beginning of the world looked like as he receives divine revelation how out of nothing God creates this beautiful world that we see and we live in today and God saw that it was good. My question is simply, did God say that it was good because it was pleasant to look at? Did God say it's good because it was his creation and he was just admiring what he was done? Well, maybe to me as I read this and I begin to study and try to find out the identity of God and how God works is maybe God said it's good because he placed within his creation a way to bring about his desire of multiplication. We see it in the very beginning as we learn the nature of God. We see that God likes multiplication. It's in the first blessing recorded in your Bible. In Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says as he is talking to the fowl and to the fish, it says that he blessed them by saying, be fruitful and multiply in the earth. It is God's way of showing us that in order to be blessed, you are automatically connected to multiplying. And I am here to tell you on this first night of 238 conference that it is the will of God that in the identity of the church there is a constant theme of multiplication. God is not interested in a church that is stagnant, stale, mundane, and ordinary. But it is the will of God for your church to grow and my church to grow, for the kingdom to go forward and to build and build and build. Isaiah said it like this, and on the increase of his government, there shall be no end. I've come to preach to a group of young people on a Wednesday night that you're leaving here as a multiplier. You're leaving here with multiplication in your spirit, and your youth group might have walked in 10, but by this time next year, you're coming back as 25. You're coming back as 50. It's the will of God for you to have revival like you've never known. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight that the idea of God and the way he multiplies is very different than ours. Because when we learn multiplication, we learn that five times zero is. I'm from the country. Y'all have to help me with that math. Anything multiplied by zero is always zero. So it doesn't matter if it's 100,000. If you multiply it by zero, the external number, this, this thing that is multiplying it by, if you have nothing, then you still, doesn't matter how big you make the number, but God doesn't see multiplication that way. Because when God created the earth, he shows us his kind of multiplication. As he created the trees, the Bible says that he put the seed within itself, creating a world of multiplication that it doesn't matter what the external value of what the world says around it. The seed is inside the tree. And because the seed is from the inside, regardless of the external conditions, the tree will bring forth seed after itself. I've come to tell you tonight that we live in a dark 
and dreary world. But God created his church like he created the tree. Its seed is within itself. And it doesn't matter what the external world feels like. There is revival from the inside. There is revival from a group of people in an apostolic church that said we might be a smaller church. We might not have the music. We might not have some big name youth pastor. But what we do have is we have the power of the Holy Ghost. And when that youth pastor and that youth group begin to pray together, there's something that happens on the inside. And God starts making it turn inside out. And the multiplication comes from within. I am reminded of a story in the Bible. The Bible tells us that there was a woman. Can I just preach about an issue we have? Young people, we have this issue. The Bible tells us of this woman who has a need. She goes to the preacher and she says, the debtors are coming to take my sons. My husband has died. The debtors are coming and they're going to take my boys and put them into slavery. And watch what the preacher asked her. He doesn't tell her, you, you need to give more money to this ministry. And I believe in giving money. But he doesn't tell her, call this number and, and we'll send you out a packet and you'll get your miracle. And that ain't how it worked. He asked her, he said, what do you have in your house? See, we're too busy looking on the outside for the miracle. We're too busy looking for somebody from the outside to start revival. Y'all ain't going to help me preach. Oh, and that evangelist, listen, I am an evangelist, and I make a living going from church to church, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't need an evangelist to have revival in your youth group. The power is not an external source. The power of multiplication comes from within. That I'm telling you uh, that you need to get your eyes off what's going on down the, in the church down the road. Uh, you need to stop worrying about what's going on in the denominal world. Uh, stop looking at without uh, and start looking within. Uh, because when you find now, baby, uh, that that's power on the inside, uh, God will turn your church uh, inside out. Uh, and he will multiply uh, and add to the church daily. Uh, the same that should be saved. I look at her the same way that some of you are looking at me right now. But I can see her frustrated. I came up here. I left there. I've already been in my house, and there wasn't a miracle there. I've already walked this road. Preacher, if I hadn't done all that I knew to do, I wouldn't be here in the first place. We're trying to figure out how to have revival. And if I, wasn't, if I knew how to do it, then I wouldn't be here asking you to begin with. What do you have in your house? What do you mean what I have in my house? She said, I have nothing save a cruise of all. And he said, good, because that's all you need. That's it. I, I, don't know, I don't know if it mattered if she'd have said, I ain't got nothing but chickens. I ain't got nothing but this. I ain't got nothing but that. Because God wasn't really interested in what she had. He was just interested, is it available or not? Because he can't multiply something that you won't put in his hands. As, oh, help me, Jesus. As long as you're trying to work it out and as long as you're trying to hold on to it, God can't multiply you. God can't multiply your church. God can't multiply your youth group. But the moment that you figure out, it's all about, I don't care what it is, God can use it. And if God uses it, he'll make it more than I ever expected it to be. Well, if we can just get that, no. What do you have 
in your house? What do you have that you're not using to its fullest capability? And the Bible says that as she began to pour, that the all stayed. She poured, she filled up a vessel, and the all filled the first vessel. Filled the second vessel. What she had was multiplied and it filled the third vessel. But can I tell you that you can't cash out on all that's sitting in your closet? It's inside. God starts with what you got. And if you take what you got and let God multiply and let God touch it and hide it under the bed and stick it in the closet, your church and your youth pastor and your pastor are never going to feel the effects of what you're doing behind closed doors. Inside out. Some of you in your, oh, help me, Jesus, I'm about to mantle a minute, but it's going to be all right anyway. Some of you, when you're in your house and you're thinking about church, you can see yourself dancing. You can see yourself shouting on the inside. But it's, oh, it's inside out. It might start in there, but baby, it can't stay in there. I wish there'd be somebody right now that's got something on the inside that says, I don't care what my neighbor says. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. You can talk about me. You can laugh at me. But I've got a bottle of oil, and I'm going to start pouring it out. And as I pour it out, God, it's going to multiply and make it bigger than it ever could have been. I'm just going to tell you. I, I, I preach a lot around here. I see a lot of faces I know tonight. And I'm telling you that your pastors, his greatest asset has yet to be revealed in you. If you can call it a prophetic word, you can call it wishful thinking. I don't care what you call it. But when young people figure out that there's power on the inside of them and that this is not coming from down the road, he your pastor can't have revival with saints that are not in the church. He needs you to have revival. He needs, he needs you to figure out who you are and what you got on the inside and then start pouring it out and let God do the rest. Pastor, if you preach revival, I'll be revival. Whatever you preach, that's what I'll be. If you preach worship, I'll be worship. If you preach prayer, I'll pray. It don't matter what you preach. I'm just going to agree with you. And when we lock in together, it begins to multiply. That's why it can start with just 120 in an upper room. And 3,000 souls can be added inside, out. You know what? I, I appreciate these little cute deals that we come up with about how we're going to have revival. We, we, we need to stop trying. And now I, I believe in programs, and I believe they have their place. But we're trying to program God to death. Can I tell you, you don't need a committee to multiply. It's a biblical commandment. It's the blessing. It's God's will for you to multiply. Preacher, I'm insignificant. That's what makes God so big. That's what makes this idea so powerful. 
that what, that's what makes this God that takes little. That's why David would say, when I consider the heavens and the works of thy fingers and the moons and the stars, uh, what that thou, he, he goes on to say, what is man that thou art mindful? The son of man that you would visit him. David had the revelation that in order to really know how big God is, you got to know how small you are first. And by knowing how small you are, it shows you how much bigger God really is. I'm nothing. But when I encounter the Spirit of God and it gets inside of me, it, oh, we're all insignificant. I, I, I like to laugh about it. There was a lady that used to be in the church where, where, where we were at in Louisiana, and she would stand up to give testimony about what God does. And she'd say something like this, I'm just a roach. You can step on me. God get the glory. I'm just, I, I just come to preach to somebody tonight. Whether you like it or not, you're just a roach. We can step on you and it, it ain't going to matter nothing. God get the glory. The problem is you're too busy trying to figure out how you're going to work the miracle and how you're going to have the revival. Baby, it ain't you doing it in the first place. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. David's a prime example, just a shepherd boy. But greatness always has small beginnings. Just... Oh, nobody. His daddy didn't even think enough about him to bring him up when, when the prophet showed up. Just a kid at school doing normal kid stuff. But the difference between you and every other normal kid is you got a big God. I'm not special, but I'm connected to something that is. I'm nothing, but I'm. Well, I know some of y'all came on the first night of 238 and you were looking for some deep theological concourse. I've come to tell you it's a lot simpler than what you're trying to make it. You're trying to make it too hard. God says just take what you got on the inside and let it on the outside and I will multiply it. That's why Colossians 1.27 says Christ in you, the hope of glory. You want to know what the hope is for this world? If you let what's in you get out of you, don't you hold it back. Don't you quiet it down. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. I realize I can't heal nobody. I realize I can't put a dysfunctional family back together. Listen, I ain't that smart. I know y'all can tell. I ain't that smart. You're going to tell me all your problems, and I'm not going to be able to tell you how to fix them. But I know a man. I'm trying my best not to have a Holy Ghost fit right now. I can't mend your broken mind, but I know a man who can. I can't put you back together again. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. I know it's full of dysfunction. I know it's messed up. But I got something on the inside that's greater than a dysfunctional world. God is anything that you need him to be. Songwriters have learned how to make it pretty and poetic, but they, 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 they way behind. David figured it out a long time ago. 
We, we, but today, we understand you can pretty much just say God is blank. Fill in the blanks. Don't matter what you need, God is. Don't matter what you're going through, God is. He's a bridge over troubled water. He's a doctor and a lawyer. He's a friend when I'm friendless, hope when I'm hopeless, joy in the middle of sorrow, food when I'm hungry, water when I'm thirsty, shade when it's hot, medicine when I'm sick. And when you figure that out and you take that message to a twisted, broken world, no wonder you can multiply. No wonder you can have revival. You just got to get what's on the inside out. That's why. Y'all sit down. I ain't done preaching. I'm having fun. That's, you, you say, how did David know how to lead a kingdom? He didn't. He knew how to lead sheep, though. And God said, I'll take what's in you. You're just going to start out leading sheep. But when you take what's in you and let it out of you, it multiplies. And sheeps turn into kingdoms. Nope. Say, so what are you trying to tell me? Oh, I'm just to hurt a young man's feeling. I can tell right now. All my pastor asked me to do is mop the floors. Just keep leading sheep. Uh, all the preacher asked me to do is show up and make sure that the lights are turned off after, after church is over. Keep leading sheep. Because if you learn how to lead sheep and you let what's in you out of you, it'll be one day it'll all turn around and you'll be leading kingdoms. I don't know a successful pastor that didn't start out cleaning bathroom floors. I don't know a successful evangelist that didn't start out scrubbing a toilet. You just got to get something in you that says, I want to be included in the kingdom. And it don't matter what I've got to do. I just want to let what's in me out of me. Can I preach tonight? Do I have time? You have to understand that revival doesn't multiply just because you're a tree. Because the Bible says that the seed was in the fruit. Help me, Lord. And you wonder why other young people are having a revival in their high school. Help me, Jesus. I know I was doing better a while ago, but it's, it's okay. We're going to preach through this. You, you wonder why other young people are getting Bible studies. Because the seed wasn't in the trunk. Anybody can show up looking like a trunk at church. You can wear leaves. But can I tell you that Jesus found a tree that had leaves and no fruit and cursed it. So just keep coming to church and looking like a part of the church. God's not interested in you looking like the church. God's interested in you being the church. And when you are the church, you look like the church. You walk like the church. You talk like the church. Everything you do is like the church. And the fruit shows. And when the fruit grows up, the seed comes from the root. Can I... Now, I, I know some of y'all are sitting here thinking this is grown-up preaching. This ain't grown-up preaching. This is young people preaching. You ain't got to wait till you're 25 to start showing fruit. 
You, you don't have to wait till you get a car to start teaching Bible studies. You don't, you don't have to wait till everything gets right and you got enough money to do this and to do that. No, you start showing fruit right now and watch God multiply what you've given him. There's more to this. Brother Payton, the Bible says that it was fruit after its own kind. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. I sure wouldn't want my converts to sit there like a bump on a log at 238 conference. And when I ask them, what's wrong with you? They say, well, that's how you act when we home. Fruit after its own kind. This is deep. Y'all ready? That means if you plant oranges, you get oranges. I'm, I know I'm going to give you a second. You, you want to write that down. If you plant peaches, you're going to get peaches. If you plant gossip in the youth group, I don't know why everybody's always talking about me because it's the fruit after its own kind and you reap what you sow. And so the reason your pastor and your youth pastor is always having to clean up messes that are involved in you is because the kind of fruit you've been putting out there. Don't get mad when they talk about you when you've been talking about everybody else. Brother Bradford, am I all right to just meddle right here for a minute? Is this okay? This is just Wednesday night Bible study. We'll preach tomorrow night. We're just having Bible study tonight. It, it, it blows my mind, the amount of people, young people. I'm not preaching to old folks. I'm preaching to young people. Young people, that if there's a problem in the youth group, you ain't even got to guess. You know. Some of y'all looking at some, don't look at nobody. Some of y'all ain't looking at nobody, that means it's you. Help, Lord. Always going to be in the mess. And then they want to go sit down in the office and cry to the youth pastor. Everybody's picking on me. They didn't like my face on Instagram, post on Instagram. They like everybody else. I don't know what y'all have to deal with now. I'm just assuming that's how it is, you pastor. <laughs> they talk bad about me. Seed after its own kind. That means if you want, I'm just teaching you how to live for God right now. This is just simple preaching, I know, but it, I'm telling you, if you get a hold of this, it'll help you. you you'll, make, you'll be a better saint because of it. If you can figure out that I'm going to do inside out, I'm going to let God righteous judgment come out of my mouth. I'm not gossiping. I'm not talking bad about. I'm not getting involved in drama. I'll tell you what you'll do. 
If you figure out right now how to do that and you start being fruitful in the kingdom of God, you're going to grow up and you're going to get married and you're going to have children and raise them in church and you're going to be a, a huge part of the kingdom of God in your local assembly if you can figure out how to put good stuff on the inside and let that good stuff come out and show fruit after its own kind. Let me preach this. I'm trying to hurry. Being fruitful doesn't mean that you don't fight hell. It just means that you figure out the key that something greater in me. That's it. You want to live for God? That's it right there. You become fruitful. And when the affliction comes, you understand that it's inside out. That's why Joseph can show up in Egypt as a slave and keep the faith. Because he understood that God gave me a dream. He put something in me. What's interesting about Joseph to me is that every time he begins an ascension, they take his coat. He's his, he's his father's favorite, and his brothers take his coat. He goes from the, uh, the pit into Potiphar's house. And when Potiphar's wife begins to spin her lie, what does she take? His coat. But the devil didn't know. This is an external my dreams don't come from the clothes I'm wearing. Because you can take my coat, but baby, you can't take my capabilities. What the devil didn't know is the clothes didn't make the man, but the man. There was something inside. God did not create me to have external victory. God created me with internal victory. And the way I have victory on the outside is because I got victory on the inside. Take my coat, but you can't take my dream. Take my coat, but you can't take my praise. Take my coat, but you can't take my prayer life. Take my coat, but you can't take my walk with God. Take my coat, but you can't have my purity. Take my coat, but you... There's got to be somebody in this house tonight. You got to get the revelation. It's all coming from within, and it's going out. I'm going to show you. The widow woman, when it's inside, it's little. But she pours it out and it multiplies. David, he's leading sheep and it's little. But he lets it out and it becomes kingdoms. With Joseph, it's dreams and they're little. All it is is I had a dream that, and, and the long short, for the most part, y'all know this story. I'm not going to preach the whole story because I'll chase rabbits all night long. But he says, I had a dream. My brothers and my mother and father bowed down to me. But he let was on the inside out. Joseph started with a dream of just 12 and his mother and father. His brethren did what they did to him. He ends up in Egypt. And the Bible says that he interprets dreams. Now he's going into the next dimension. God's multiplying his abilities. Now he's not just a dreamer, but he's an interpreter of dreams. God's multiplying this. And what he doesn't know is that he is operating in the spirit. If you'll just let me put it like that. I know we're in the Old Testament, but just hang with me. 
as he's doing this, God is, God is multiplying his dreams. Because the day comes that Pharaoh sees this man. He interprets his dream. And Pharaoh takes him and puts him in one of his own chariots. Puts his own ring on his hand. Can, can y'all put that up there? Genesis chapter 41, verse 43. Now in his dream, Brother Bradford, he just saw his brethren bowing down. But inside, out. This is what Pharaoh did. He made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. In his dreams, it was just his brethren. But God multiplied it. And look what God did. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Young person, I've come to tell you right now, your dreams might be little, and it might just be of those 12 stalks bowing down. But with you, when you begin to operate in the Holy Ghost, uh, and those dreams become from the inside out, uh, God says, I'll take the 12, uh, and I'll multiply it. Uh, and it won't just be your brethren. They're going to bow down before you. But the whole nation of the Egyptians uh, is going to bow down before you. Uh, and I'm going to make you ruler uh, over Egypt. Uh, all but Pharaoh, because you let was what was on the inside on the outside. So when he finally has children, I'm trying to hurry. When he finally has children, he names them Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, God has caused me to forget all the toll of my father's house, and he has made me fruitful in afflictions. Well, preacher, you don't know how bad I got it. Wait, wait, wait. Some of y'all was here last year and some of y'all wasn't. You don't know how bad it is. I don't care. I, I know you came tonight and you wanted a shoulder to crown. I really don't care. And guess what? When you get older and look back, you won't either. Because you're going to figure out that what was inside of me and every trial you ever face is going to be the same cycle. And it's a bad cycle for the devil. Because everything you come through, you're going to figure out it's inside. I've got what it takes to make it through this. I've got, don't cry to me about how bad your school is. You've got what it takes to make it through this. Inside out. And when you let it out, it multiplies. You may be the only one in your school, but God's fixing to take. I, I feel like prophesying right now in the Holy Ghost. You might be the only one in your school that's apostolic, but God's taking what's on the inside, and he's taking it out of you, and he's going to multiply it, and you're going to have revival at your high school campus uh, because what's inside of you uh, comes out of you. Uh, you. You might be the only one in your family, uh, but you just hold on to this word from God. Uh, God's taking what's inside of you uh, and pulling it out of you, uh, and he's going to multiply you even through the affliction. As the musicians come, 
That's why Job can show up. I'm, 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 it's just this is a biblical concept that goes over and over and over and over. That's why Job can sit in balls and ashes, and his wife can look at him and say, Job, why don't you curse God and die? And Job looked back at her and said, Woman, you speak like a foolish child because I understand that even in my affliction, I've got something inside of me. And you can read about it in Job 42 and 12. The Bible says, So the Lord blessed the latter of Job's life more than the beginning because Job figured out that what's in me, my blessing, my miracle, my breakthrough, it is not from outside. It's from the inside. Job also said, there is hope. Just pre-adventure. I don't think there's any dead churches here tonight, but just say there is one. You go to a dead church, just... Job said it like this, for there is hope of a tree if it be cut down. It's just the stump. It's just roots in the ground. But it's got something inside it. Yet... Through the scent of water, it will bring forth bows like a plant. You know what Job said? There's something inside of this that you can cut it down, you can count it out, and you can say it's over. I'm talking to a young person right now. You came to 238 conference and this was your, you, you prayed today on your way to church. God, this is my last 238. I ain't coming back next year. I'm done with this. I'm through. I'm throwing in the towel. This is over. But its seed was in itself. Well, if Brother Phillips will come get me and bring me to the front and pray for me. If my youth pastor will drag me out. Whose seed was in itself. You don't know how depressed I am, preacher. You don't know how bad I'm dealing with anxiety. Let me tell you something. Anxiety is just dizziness and freedom. That's the devil saying, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You don't know how bad I've got it. Listen, if you are this close to giving up right now, whose seed is in? If you've got the Holy Ghost, I don't care how many demons tell you you're a failure. Listen, Legion, I, I, I don't know why we call him Legion because that wasn't his name, but we don't know what, what his name was, so we just call him Legion. We identify him by his issue. That's a whole other message, a whole other time. But we talk about Legion who had t- over 2,000 demons living on the inside. And that could not stop that man. Because I'm making the devil a liar right now. That could not stop him from coming out of the cave and going to where Jesus is. Don't tell me your issue's too bad. Whose seed was in itself. You got the Holy Ghost, honey. You got what it takes. I know the devil's telling you you're going to fail. I know the devil's telling you you're not going to make it. I know he said you'd be backslid by this time next year. But you got something inside of you. You got a path. 
and they shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon them, you got what it takes to make it through the trial. You got what it takes to make it through the test. Well, when everything gets right, everything's right right now. When they play the right song, they don't need to play the right song. You need to figure out that the miracle's not coming from the right drum beat. The miracle's not coming from the right song. The miracle's coming from you reaching within and pulling that out. Don't wait on the music, but God's waiting on you to take a look on the inside and figure out it's already in me. The victory's already in me. The joy, it's already in me. It's already in me. Go, 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 go away for them. Go now, go now. Look with the honor. Reach with the honor. And pull it out. And let God multiply it. We're going into this new year. They're fixing to sing. I want you to say this with me. I am a multiplier. Now shout like you believe it. already in you. Come on, I want you to shout like the kind of revival you want to have in your youth group right now. I want you to dance for the kind of revival you want to see in your church.
cross and to fight. So right now, I want you to take what you got on the inside of you, and I want you to multiply it with your brother or your sister in your youth group. And as we collectively give God praise in this house, God is going to our individual youth groups, and he's going to multiply, multiply, multiply.
lift up your voice and say, you know what, tonight is the night. Yeah,